B2C landscapes, business can happen on the back of purely marketing. You know, you can uh, put your marketing work out there and, and you can use Instagram and you can use TikTok and you can use Facebook and you can create funnels all the way back into a website and have a point of sale there. B2B consensus needs to be built. You know, it's more complex. More people are involved in the decision making. And quite often, it's not only about calling one person, you'll need to call several people to get that consensus built. It can't be done without a phone call. Yes, inbound helps to kickstart the journey. Yes, inbound helps to take that journey forward in the middle of the funnel. Yes, inbound uh, helps in, in terms of if you have a case study, you can push that out or they find it on LinkedIn and they become more uh, you know, convinced you're the right player to, to work with. But ultimately, it all starts with a phone call. Welcome to the Best of Sales Skills podcast. I'm Mark Munis, founder of Sales Development Australia. Thank you for listening. Raul Kumar is a corporate CEO who makes upwards of 50 cold calls every single day. Not because he has to, but because he wants to. Oh, his business is not a two-person operation, by the way. It's a fully-fledged B2B consultancy. I really admire Raul for a couple of reasons, not just for the fact that he makes those calls, but he speaks very well and has a very deep understanding of B2B sales. So he's able to combine the two to deliver his message in a very clear and compelling way. He's very much worth listening to. You see, Raul first caught my attention as an early social selling thought leader and advocate, and he's done an excellent job ever since of staying at the forefront of sales technology and methodology, and he's done that for a number of years. So today we're talking about him making those calls and also about what Raul calls all bound. So the crossroad of inbound and outbound. And I'm, I think you'll really like Raul's approach to marketing and sales alignment, how he thinks marketers should get closer to their salespeople as salespeople are typically more likely to be the eyes and ears of the organization that are the closest to the customer. And he gives some really interesting examples of how organizations can do that more effectively. So enough of my preamble, let's jump in and listen to Raul Kumar, CEO of Resonate Business and Vision. Raul Kumar, welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks very much for having me here, Mark. It's a pleasure. Yeah, I'm very excited to have you on today. I had to hang up on one of my team members because I'm like, I've got to go. I've got this podcast and I'm very excited. They're like, oh, what's, why, is, why are you so excited? And I said, because this guy speaks very well and he knows his shit. <laughs> That's one way to put it. <laughs> so I am excited to have you on, mate. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Mark. It's, it's a pleasure. I've uh, read your material uh, through COVID. I've used your material to actually um, invigorate my team, the salespeople uh, that I was leading at the time. So um, we've always had, had respect for one another and we've competed and, and get collaborated, which is, which is always good. We do, it's called collaboration. That's right. So you're the CEO of a Sydney business called Resonate Business Ignition. Tell yes. us a little bit about that so that people listening can get some context about where you're coming from. Yeah, look, I'm the founder and CEO, um, along with my, my business partner, uh, GV, uh, of a company called Resonate. And, and the reason we called it Business Ignition, there wasn't a category to mark exactly what we do. And, and what we do is primarily focused on the B2B sector. We do strategy for B2B firms, as in we literally go in and we help them strategize their business. Uh, and whether they're an independent software vendor, a SaaS uh, player, an IT services company, a managed services company, an IT distributor, we primarily focus in the B2B space. And even within the B2B, the tech space, 
So we do strategy for them. We do marketing end-to-end because we realize that the marketing needs of, um, of a B2B tech company is, is quite unique in comparison to other companies. And we do B2B sales advisory. And as a result of that sales advisory work, we have also started off a, a sales development representative play because we realized that cold calling for a lot of those companies was difficult. So Resonate does three things. We help B2B companies strategize, we help them market, and we help them sell. Perfect. I love it. Oh, thank you. So what, one of the things that's really unique about you and your organization is that you're one of the only CEOs and CEOs of a marketing business in inverted commas that makes a whole bunch of cold calls every day. Tell me a little bit about about that because that's unusual in my experience. Yeah, look, Mark, I started my career uh, as a software engineer uh, as far as tech is concerned. And I saw a lot of salespeople who did extremely well. There was one or two things in common, you know, one was their knowledge levels were quite high. They, they had domain expertise. And, and the other thing is they, their work rate was quite good. And I remember a former manager of mine speaking to me about Boris Becker, the tennis player, and, and saying that, you know, Boris was not necessarily the most talented player, but his work rate was really good. And you see this in rugby, you see this in football, you see this in boxing, work rates are really important. So the reason behind cold calling is because I, I fell into sales. Um, you know, I was more a convert to the religion of selling uh, rather than a purist. You know, I didn't start my career in sales. I realized that I had the domain expertise, but I did not have, um, to begin with, the work rate. It's the work rate that I grew. And former managers were kind enough to educate me and said that if you, with your domain expertise in the tech industry, if you were to just embrace work rate and, and just put in the hard yakka, um, you will go all the way. Uh, no, I haven't gone all the way anywhere, but um, but the work rates definitely helped. Yeah. So the cold calling continues. And, and I cold called as a CEO in a previous organization where I was reporting into a board of directors and uh, they were surprised that I wanted to cold call as a CEO. And, and we were not a small organization. It was 200 plus people. Even Resonates Bath uh, has been created on the back of uh, our general manager, Joe Barnes, and myself cold calling uh, away. So, you know, when we hear people say that uh, cold calling doesn't work or cold calling is dead, I'm a bit, bit of a skeptic because I've seen uh, our organization grow from uh, one uh, employee or, or two founders and one employee to about 20 people in an overseas team as well, all on the back of cold calling. Yep. In a B2B space, I think that's the important thing. A lot of people dismiss it for B2B you know, and then in Australia, there's people love throwing excuses into reasons why cold calling won't work. Um, but I do want to highlight that you're not doing this just for a short term. You've done this pretty much since day one, and have done. And your goal is to continue to do it. Is that right? Yeah, the cold calling element has, um, you know, two and a half decades now, uh, and, and my intention is to continue on. Um, and, and the reason's pretty simple. I've seen it work. I've seen this work time and over again. And you know, over that period. The HubSpots have arrived, great brand, and LinkedIn has arrived, and you know various other MarTech tools and sales tech tools have arrived. Ultimately, though, Mark, uh, and you know this much better than I do, uh, you're a published author and, and a man I have much respect for, uh, you know, people do business with people. Ultimately, in the B2B space, nothing gets done until someone is shaking either a physical hand or a virtual hand. And unless someone is meeting someone, be it on a Zoom call like this one or in person, Business doesn't happen. B2C landscapes, business can happen on the back of purely marketing. You know, you can uh, put your marketing work out there and, and you can use Instagram and you can use TikTok and you can use Facebook and you can create funnels all the way back into a website and have a point of sale there. B2B consensus needs to be built. 
You know, it's more complex. More people are involved in the decision making. And quite often, it's not only about calling one person. You'll need to call several people to get that consensus built. It can't be done without a phone call. Yes, inbound helps to kickstart the journey. Yes, inbound helps to take that journey forward in the middle of the funnel. Yes, inbound helps in, in terms of if you have a case study, you can push that out or they find it on LinkedIn and they become more uh, you know, convinced you're the right player to, to work with. But ultimately, it all starts with a phone call. You know, you can't go door knocking unless you've called someone. Those days are over. Okay. So, I mean, today we wanted to talk about B2B sales more broadly, but, you know, we sort of jumped straight into the, the deep end here. So, you know, in our pre-call, you know, we were talking about, you know, cold calling and we we're talking about, well, before I get off cold calling, what I, I just wanted to praise you. When we we're talking about cold calling and you said, I've made 26 phone calls today, let's see how many I can get done. I hope it was 26. But you, you used a very specific number. And people that are very good that are trying to increase their work rate always know their numbers. Mm. You know, whereas if you'd said, I've made a few phone calls today and I'll try and make a few more, I would have thought, okay, that's somebody that's actually going to hide behind their activity metrics. You know, when you said, you know, 26 phone calls, I think mm. that shows just how focused you are on getting those tasks done in a meaningful way. And I think that's incredible. Well done. Oh, thank, thanks for remembering. Yes, the number was 26. And I said to you that I'd love, before you and I jumped the podcast, I'd like to actually go past 30 calls because the aim is to get about 30 outbound dials happening per day, along with six conversations happening. My definition of a conversation is sort of longer than about five minutes, where the conversation is not about, you know, would you give me some time? It's actually moved into that second tier of discovery. Uh, deeper level of discovery and get two opportunities happening. So that, you know, 30 dials, six conversations, two opportunities per day is something that I learned back at IBM and they really coach that to their, their sellers. And it's something that I've done through my career that that 30 outbound, 30 to 50 outbounds. And as an SDR back in the day, I was making a lot more than, than 30. But I think 30 to 50 is, is a healthy number to work with. You can break part of it uh, prior to midday and part of it uh, you know, post midday. So something interesting happened in my career, Mark, um, when the previous organization that I was working with, New Horizons, when I became the CEO there, my um, chairman educated me on something that was very profound. He said, as a CEO, it is your job to take phone calls that are cold because your advisory is not just your internal staff, the people you pay as FTEs. Your advisory committee is also the external salespeople who bring best of breed solutions to you. So please don't hang up on them. Figure out a way of reallocating your calendar for them. So I used to take every cold call that came my way, and I would say, okay, what's this call about? Is it a cold call? And if I found the person's embarrassed to be a salesperson, I didn't want to actually engage with them. If they said, look, the agenda of this call ultimately is to you know, generate revenue from your organization, but the purpose of this call is to introduce myself and tell you what we do, I would listen to that pitch for about a minute and then say, why don't you call me on a Thursday night? Or why don't you call me on a Saturday morning? And if they said, well, I only work, work hours, then that's not the person I'm going to work with. <laughs> so I have my previous chairman to thank, uh, to, to take those cold calls, because our uh, selection of a CRM, our selection of an ERP, our selection of a managed service provider, we were, all came on the back of cold calls that I took. So I do continue to make those cold calls because every customer that Resonate has ever generated for itself has been on the back of a cold call that either our general manager made or I made. Wow, that's incredible. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. And, and then that leads us to the other thing we wanted to talk about. So you introduced this new word to me today, all bound. Mm. So clearly you've, you're, you're marketing 
focused agency. You know, you've got a big big part of what you do is sales focused, a big part of what you do is strategy. You shared that at the start. And, mm-hmm. and then you threw this word at me, like, let's talk about all bound, inbound and outbound. And, yeah. the, you know, the, so tell us a little bit about your mindset around how we combine those two in 2023, 2024? Yeah, great, great question. Mark, you, you and I have been troopers for a while, you know, as far as sales is concerned. There, there was no inbound when you and I started, as far as calls is concerned. There was only outbound. There was the yellow pages or white pages or, you know, you better make 100 dials outbound, right? So then came in the commercial web, social media, SEO, search engine marketing, pay-per-click, and inbound was born. And then you've got behemoths, great organizations like HubSpot and LinkedIn, generate an entire paraphernalia and an environment where inbound can happen. Fact is, as human beings, we tend to take sides, you know, the Ford side versus the Holden side, you know, Maroons versus the Blues, Mercedes, BMW. I'm a rugby union person. I'm a league person. Within league, I follow this side and not that side. So I think people distributed themselves into two camps, the inbound camp and the outbound camp. And the outbound camp became the traditional dialers. The inbound camp became the hard hub spotters, right? These are people talking about content and content funnels, et cetera. You and I took an interesting journey, Mark. You and I went from hard outbound to digital to realizing that we missed our numbers for a quarter and we quickly realized that you need to do both. And I've seen you do both extremely well. You know, you've consistently delivered great content on LinkedIn. You've consistently spoken at events, shaken hands, networked, and also made outbound calls. So allbound to me is literally the amalgamation of inbound as well as outbound. It's not picking sides. And what Allbound requires is this thing that we call sales and marketing alignment, which, like the word strategy, like the word value, has lost all meaning because it's been used so poorly by so many people in in rather cliched manners. But I think just like sales and marketing alignment is very essential, we all know it, Allbound is really important because ultimately B2B salespeople are responsible for that outbound activity. Marketers are responsible for inbound as well as those events that are kind of more outbound in nature. But business happens at the nexus of these two extremes. Business happens when your outbound callers are coming back and letting your social media team know, I need your social content to read like this because these are the objections I'm running into. Or I need the blog writers to write about this. And, you know, we've gone ahead and segregated marketing and sales enablement and said that sales enablement is really important for salespeople and marketing will do other things. Ultimately, sales enablers are former marketers anyway. So it's very important to note that if you're not going all bound, half of the equation is always missing. If you're saying we're just all about inbound, then you're not giving respect to the fact that B2B selling is such an important facet of revenue generation. And if you're saying we are all about B2B selling outbound, then you're not giving respect to the fact that the world has evolved and inbound is born, and you need to win both those races. And you know, I'm surprised there isn't a conference called Allbound. There is inbound symposiums and there's outbound conferences. No one talks Allbound, and that's what we should be talking about. So, uh, I mean, we've obviously heard a lot about aligning sales and marketing. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> yes. but you just presented in a slightly different way. So, the, you know, when we talk about aligning sales and marketing, typically what we hear is this is the marketing presentation or this is the marketing talking points. Go and put that into your sales engine. Your the way I think I just heard you talk about that was the reverse. This is what the sales team are hearing. 
stick that into your marketing engine. Do I have that right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, because I'm cold calling, because I'm selling, and because I see our, our GM, who's also our head of sales selling, we inform our marketers that resonate on what to write about. Because who's closer to the prospects or the suspects or the customer? It's the account executive. It's the BDM. I'm not saying marketers are not relevant. Absolutely, they're relevant. They're so relevant for the messaging, for the narrative, to make sure things are on brand. But what's the social media marketer better off writing? Something that she or he or they think is just content? Or are they better off sitting down with the top salespeople and saying, well, you won that last deal. What was your sales cycle? How did you walk that sales cycle? What were the objections that you ran into? How did you build consensus? Let's reverse engineer all of that, create content, and forward engineer that content further. Because there are other people reading that content. You know, we must never limit ourselves physically in a world of digital opportunity. And we are in a space of digital opportunity. But I feel what's missing in the sales and marketing alignment is marketing's recognition that the ultimate customer is the B2B sales team. The ultimate customer is the SDR and the BDR and the BDM. Wow, that's that's interesting. That's very interesting. And, and I say this as someone running 14 marketing for 14 organizations. We work with so many really intelligent CEOs and CFOs and COOs and heads of business development. Our customer is really even the CEOs who own their organization say, your customer is my sales guy or my my sales professional or my sales girl. It's my sales person who is on the front line. That's who you need to speak with. And that's really important. So um, is there anybody in the marketplace that does this really well at the moment? Like is, could, is there someone, is there a brand that does a really good job of taking this sales-led conversations and and using the marketing team to distribute it? And I, and I, know, my guess is you do this already, but it, can we see that externally? Is, is there an example? I'm sure there are so many customers out there who are all, already, uh, so many companies out there, so many organizations out there already doing it extremely well. I don't bump into them all that much. I, I tend to find an interesting dichotomy take place at work. You know, you, you have strategy and sales working closely together, which is the organization's ownership and leadership, GM, CEOs, managing directors, and the salespeople working closely together. And then you find marketing sitting on the side doing its own thing, either providing collateral and providing campaigns and, and providing email nurture campaigns, et cetera, et cetera. What doesn't happen quite often is the marketing lead and the sales lead sitting down and saying, let's analyze this last opportunity we lost. Why did we lose it? Let's reverse engineer that into content. Let's see why we won. Uh, and let's reverse engineer that into content. You don't, you don't hear that all, all that often. And if you do, I mean, you know, I, I'm missing those beats quite frequently because what I generally find, social media marketing teams are doing their own content. You're at a booth somewhere. But imagine, are we really talking to the people who were at the booth, the B2B sales uh, professionals who were at the booth, manning the booth, womaning the booth? Have we asked them, what was the conversation that you had? What were the top 10 conversations that were born today? Converting that into content. So really, once again, the B2B sales team becomes the customer in this case. And for some reason, marketers in the B2B landscape think the, the customer is, is the end customer. But the end customer is not purchasing directly. And you know these whole statistics that come out that the death of the salesperson and no longer needed and 
AI will no, it's, it's it's nonsense. You know, AI is not going to replace salespeople. I'm sorry, some <laughs> processes might get replaced. You still need a B2B sales professional somewhere. And the sooner that organizations realize internally, my B2B sales team is their customer, and they're the ones selling to our customers, to our end customers, and we need to really enable them, not um, slap it with a, you know a coat of paint and call it sales enablement, but really and truly enable. Yeah, I, I do think sales enablement is a great function, but I, I think there's too many marketers and L&D leaders in that, or in that function. We need more focus on the sales side, but that's another podcast altogether. You look at conversations around companies having HR business partners, right, where you've got an actual team, uh, a functional team, and you've got a HR professional who's from that team who becomes a HR business partner. Not often do you see salespeople in a marketing team called the sales business partner. Of the marketing team. And that's that's really required. It, it can't be a monocular decision of just the sales director or the sales manager. You've got to look at some of your best salespeople who are really driving the revenue on how are you winning those deals? Because that needs to be reverse engineered and forward engineered in the ways of content and campaigns. So I was going to ask you, you know, what do you think somebody should do if they wanted to take more of an all-bound approach? Is that one of the things, like, let's break this into marketing and sales because we're talking to two different arms, two different business partners here. Mm. And, of course, this is a sales podcast, so we'll be very heavy on the sales side and there'll be a lot less marketers. But if you're a marketer, what what are the things that you should do differently as a result if you're listening to you? What should they do? Well, first and foremost, stop, uh, you know, stop taking adversarial positions with the sales team, right? Don't use language like oh, our sales team or this sales team or these salespeople. You know, that psychological makeup that a lot of marketers come up with. And then salespeople also have a same makeup in reverse where they're saying, oh, these marketers, all they do is pretty pictures, et cetera. That's got to go. That's got to go because the teams that are winning, they're winning at the nexus, at the meeting points of marketing and sales. They're the ones who are winning. They're the ones who are collaborating together. And, you know, we're going ahead and we are paying... Uh, you know, commissions to salespeople at Resonate, we uh, we are paying bonuses and commissions to our marketers as well. It's very performance-driven. And that doesn't mean that they don't get reasonable salaries. They're well-paid. But we want them to realize that just like salespeople are trying to drive an agenda, and they don't have goaling. Our marketers don't have goaling in terms of you need to sell more or anything like that. It's just for doing a great job. So it's really important to go away from the adversarial positions that both functions have taken Get some joint goaling going. Get some joint objectives going. Get some joint remuneration going. Get some joint bonuses going. Get some joint wins going. And don't just have, I guess, sales kickoffs. Have sales and marketing kickoffs. Get them together. Get the teams together. If you're starting them off as two separate camps, they'll be born as two separate functions. If you start them off, even though they have two different specialities, working together as teams, then they're truly working together as a team. You, know, you don't see a football team separate its forward line and defense line and separate uh, the, the celebration separately when a win happens or a loss happens. It's done together. That's a good point. I'd, I'd, that, that would look odd, wouldn't it? Yes. A football uh, team. And, and oftentimes it is like that. You know, a sales team goes and wins a big piece of work the marketers might have been involved in, in all the collateral preparation, et cetera. They're not necessarily invited on, on, on that big drink out of the Ivy or the establishment, right? That does, that the marketers don't get that memo. So <laughs> I think if we can combine that stuff together, that's really necessary. That's very true. Um, and so do you have the same advice for salespeople? Yeah, you know, respect, respect should be to be marketing counterparts because ultimately 
salespeople can only go one call, one meet at a time. They can't scale across the digital landscape. Marketers can help scale that narrative across a digital landscape. So it's really important for that air cover coming from marketing and salespeople to realize that I'm getting this air cover from marketing and I need to respect this air cover. But I also need to have a feedback loop when I win a piece of business to go back to marketing and say, hey, by the way, I won a piece of business. Here are the six reasons we want it. You might want to convert some of these into blogs and social media posts, etc., or more assets around it. Or we lost a piece of business and we were told this, that, and the other. The truth is we do this, but the customer just didn't realize. So can we bolster up our marketing messaging around the fact that we also do that particular thing? You know, they didn't realize we're a cybersecurity house. They gave the business to another IT services provider because they thought we don't do cybersecurity and maybe our website needs to have better messaging around it. Maybe we need to do more campaigns around it. Maybe we need to organize certain events around it. Both factions need to look at at each other quite seriously. And, And the relationship between head of marketing and head of sales is a really important relationship. That relationship needs to be nurtured by the person who these people report into. And if they're reporting into different people and they have different agendas, the the cancer has been sown by the executive layer in that case. The problem has been created by the executive layer of the organization. Mm, Okay. So who who leads the SDR team, marketing or sales? That's a great question. And, you know, we we find both. We find SDRs reporting into marketing and they're very anti-sales, which is strange because sales isn't their job title. And then we find SDRs in, in the sales team who have a real problem with marketing, but they're responsible for top of funnel just like marketers are. Yep. Well, okay. So any organizations are finding it hard to do this. My guess is they can come and talk to you and you'd be able to help them out if they're in the tech side. You know, whether they're in the tech side or they're just B2B organizations, uh, whether they hire us in in an advisory or consulting capacity, doing strategy work with them or doing actual marketing work with them, absolutely glad to help in that space. But, you know, even if they're not turning to us for help, I, I strongly make the recommendation to the CEO and the owners of the organization, get your sales and marketing teams on exactly the same hymn sheet. Pardon the cliche. It's really important, especially in the environment where interest rates are so high. Competition is so large and it's global competition. AI disruptions coming galore. You know, you you talk about AI won't take jobs. I'm already seeing AI take jobs. Organizations have to really buckle down and, and get their sales and marketing teams talking together, working together, winning together or losing and learning together. Losing and learning or winning together. I love it. So, Raul, I'm conscious of uh, your time and everybody else's. If people want a bit more information What's the best way for them to get hold of you? Go to resonate.com.au and have a look at our site, which has been rather poorly built. Uh, or you can reach out to uh, me via LinkedIn. If you can just DM me, it's uh, Raul Kumar, R-A-U-L, Kumar, K-U-M-A-R. I've uh, got the pleasure of sharing a surname with about 2 billion people on the planet. So uh, reach, reach out to myself and happy to have a chat. I'll make it easy and, and put your LinkedIn profile and your website in the show notes so people can check that out. But Thanks. Raul, at the start of the podcast, I said I was looking forward to it because you speak very, very well and you certainly know your shit. Mate, I've got a lot of respect for what you've done over the last five, six, seven, eight years. I can't remember how long now. It feels like a long time. Resonate's been around for six years now. You and I have known each other a lot longer than that. (laughs) We have, yeah. But, you know, you're very much at the forefront of marketing and sales, regardless of how it changes. Lots of people get left behind and you managed to stay on the crest of the wave timelessly. So well done. 
Thanks very much. Much appreciated. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me here, Mark, and hopefully you've returned the favor. I'm launching a podcast called Talking Business with RK, and you'd definitely be one of the guests I've won on there. Yeah, thank you very much.